What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the second official episode of the Triple R podcast. This is where we're going to talk about WrestleMania 2005, aka SummerSlam 2005. Yeah, I said aka SummerSlam 2005. I corrected myself halfway through the intro. I did it on purpose. You did it on purpose. Yeah, okay. God damn it. We just talked about this, man. <laughs> just, just continue on as if nothing happened. Okay, here we go. WrestleMania slash SummerSlam 2005. As always, <laughs> I'm joined by my two co-hosts. First of which, the behemoth from Bonheim, Mr. Warnley. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm feeling very vascular today. All right. No. <laughs> That was it. That was it. And, then, and there's that. And second, I'm joined by Mr. Christopher Lee, the honey pie that never lies. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing real good, and I am. Just want you to know, I'm leaving all that in. I'm I'm not editing it out. No, I, I would expect you not to. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was fantastic from top to bottom. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's get into this. We're talking about SummerSlam 2005. Uh, You know, my first actual thought on this pay-per-view, and I shit you not, was, and I, you know, normally the host leaves us up to like, he goes through the whole thing. I'm going to leave it up to you guys because I want to talk about this. Lillian Garcia sung the national anthem and... Whew. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that she looked absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so literally, the after the note of it was live from the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., and after I marked the attendance at 18,176, the first show note I said, Louie Garcia was sung the national anthem, I don't think she ever ages. She looks exactly the same as, as she did, did in 2005 as she does now in 2020. Yeah. yeah. No, well, she's definitely a witch. She's a witch. She's a sea witch. Oh, boy. That's fun. Uh, the other piece that I add to that, it was crazy to think because uh, th- this is in 05, so only four years prior was the whole 9 11 uh, attack. And oh, yeah. WWE, the WWE was still very uh, heavy into God bless America, honoring the troops, uh, and that was evident at this show as well. Yeah, which which I completely agree with. I, I love all of that. Um, mm hmm. For me, this this pay per view is interesting for a couple different reasons. First of all, uh, Warren, I don't know if you know this or not, but this was the second most bought pay per view on on pay per view. I guess I think it had over six hundred fifty thousand purchases. I when you have at the top of the of the card Hogan versus HBK. The the top of the, the guy that was at the top of the business 
through the 80s and into the early 90s. And then the guy that was at the top of the business from the mid 90s, even until here into 2005, Mm -hmm. when take he had a couple different spats away from WWE. One was his actual retirement after his match with Austin at WrestleMania 13. Um, Getting these two guys that have never been in the ring before. Uh, in a match against each other, you, people are going to buy it. People that haven't even watched wrestling in years are going to buy it just because of Hogan and HBK. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, this is a very weird pay-per-view for myself personally. Um, in 2005, I was 18 years old. Chris, I know you're about the same. Warren, you're probably, what, 19? Because we're all around the same age, right? No. Uh, Warren was in his 20. I was 20... 20 2003 i was 20 so 2005 i was 22 okay 22 warren okay four years four years little, okay a little slow with the mental math but i got there you know not about how you start the race till you finish exactly and uh you know for me this is when i was not a wrestling fan i really wasn't you know i don't really remember any of this um but I'm glad we circled back to it. And, you know, as we go through the, the card, I think that'll become more evident. But this, without any heavy spoilers, we're going to do our early introduction. I thought this was a fantastic show. I loved every second of it. Uh, Chris, I'm going to open the floor to you first. Opening opinion, uh, what did you well, think? I just looking at the card... Um, you know, opening up the app, seeing the different, you know, the matches that they highlighted. You know, the of course it's Hogan versus HBK. First time the 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 immortal versus the icon. You know, oh yeah, I I can't wait to see this. Does Hogan still have it? You know, right. obviously it's gonna be. You know, he's gonna leave it all out there. Um, then you have the the uh, the ladder match with um, with Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. I mean, those two. I mean, they're lifelong friends. They work out together. You know, they've probably been in the ring together countless times, you know, on air, off air. And I was just really excited to see what these two, dare I say, wrestling geniuses um, come up with together in the ring. Um, And especially in a ladder match. I love a good, I love a ladder match. Ladder matches are probably like my favorite type of matches. So I was really excited about that. And then you got the, the real life meeting, the entertainment life, Matt Hardy versus Edge, that whole drama, and the culmination of it, I believe, was this. Was this the end of it, or was there – I think there might be one more match after this that they did with this whole Edge-Matt Hardy thing. So I had to go look it up because um, one hey, of the hey, points hey. I was like – First of all, let's save this for the match recap. All right, we'll save it for the match. We'll save it for, save the, for the match, match recap. But yes, uh, but you know, just those matches alone, right there, with you know, countless others. You know, you got Taker Orton, and uh, you know, I think this was a this was a great card. I think even this right now, and I think me and Pilch talked about this a little bit before. Already better than the WrestleMania that we watched previously. Lies, way better. Lies. There's no possible way. There's no Triple H on this card. There's no. 
Hey, Warren, we'll get into There's a that. bunch of we'll, It was only... Yeah. We will get into it. No. Mania, get out of here. But... Okay. Agree to disagree. To be fair, Warren, initial thoughts on WrestleMania slash SummerSlam 2005. <laughs> uh, my initial thoughts, I was excited to watch this. Um, I kind of fell into... Uh, what you said, Pilch, 2005, I'm not going to say I wasn't a fan of wrestling, um, but I just didn't watch. I watched more Raw than I did SmackDown. I didn't see very much of SmackDown. That was one of the first things that I did once I got the WWE Network, was went back and watched the rise of Cena, the rise of JBL, because I really didn't get a chance to see SmackDown in, in those years. Right. Um, but uh, I was kind of in and out. Uh, for some of the stuff, um, and it was very excited to see uh, the the HBK Hogan match. Um, I I forgot how deep the uh, Guerrero Mysterio match went with all all the backstory for it for the custody papers and this that and the third. Um, the Edge and Matt Hardy match I was looking forward to seeing. Um, Orton and Undertaker. This is a very young legend killer, Randy Orton. Taker is just going back to the dead man. Uh, Cena, Jericho, no way that they were going to have a bad match. Um, but I was very, uh, very excited to watch this. And uh, it was not a, a hefty four hours like WrestleMania X7 no, not was. At all. This was a very enjoyable, what, like two two hours, 45 minutes, two and a half hours, somewhere along those lines, I think. Yeah, it's like, it was like close to three, but not quite. Yeah, about 2.45. Yeah, I, this one didn't feel like a drudge to get through. Like, right. I feel like everything kind of rolled and made sense. Um, You know, the last pay-per-view we watched was WrestleMania X, X7, which is considered by most people to be the one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Because it is. I, uh, I mean, it is, but it isn't. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nonsense there. Like there is like, it, there's so much I nonsense. I think you're confusing the word best WrestleMania with longest WrestleMania. I think that's, that's the problem. I think that's the problem. Well, I've also been confusing it's, WrestleMania with SummerSlam this entire time, so that could yeah. be part of the problem yeah. as well. Do we need to put you in concussion pro concussion protocol, Pilch? All right, I don't know. Let's ring the bell. Ring the bell. Let's ring. <laughs> Open the bell. All right. So before we get in the first match, I just have a couple of short notes. Um, you guys can feel free to comment as you will. But I uh, I love the hype video for SummerSlam 05. I thought it was fantastic. It's about 12 minutes long. I thought it painted the entire picture of the pay-per-view. I hadn't watched all those episodes of Raw and SmackDown, and I felt like I knew exactly what was going on. WWE always puts on top-notch uh, video packages. I noted it last time when we did our WrestleMania X7, and my second note on my list is talking about the video package and how top-notch it was. First thing I noticed was there was a huge letdown in the video package from when it went to... It talked about Jericho Cena first, 
Right. It talked about Taylor Orton second, and then it went to Benoit and Orlando Jordan. Yeah, the Apollo Crews of the old 2000s. Whoa. Whoa. Good name of Apollo Crews lumping them in with Orlando Jordan. Apollo Crews needs a little more respect on his name than that. I mean, I I, I dare either of you to tell me how they're different. Apollo (laughs) Crews is way different than Orlando Jordan. Wait, how how is Apollo Crews way better? Tell me. When we this podcast, I will be sure to send you some links to watch some Apollo Cruise matches uh, pre WWF to show you his athletic prowess. Oh, and I, I if you want to, I don't disagree that Apollo Cruise is a better athlete than Orlando Jordan. I'm just, I'm asking you, tell me how Orlando Jordan was booked and Apollo Cruise was booked, and tell me how they're different. Orlando Jordan was a lackey. Apollo Cruz isn't a lackey. How is he not? He's not with anybody. He's like, what do you mean he's not with anybody? He's with Ricochet. He's with Cedric Alexander. He was a figurehead U.S. champion. And then he got put. He got put in the full Lashley, and he's gone. When when did we see? We haven't seen Apollo Cruz in three weeks. He's done. Your 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 AEW is showing right now. That's what that is. <laughs> no, it's not. Hold on, Warren. When was the last time you saw Apollo Cruz wrestle? When was the last time I saw him wrestle? Yeah. It's probably been a while. Yeah, I know. Because I'm because I'm, I'm in and out of Monday Night Raw every single week. Well, he hasn't. He's he got drafted to SmackDown, which. Oh, I'm even less in and out of. Uh, I'm even more in and out of a SmackDown. Yeah, he hasn't been on SmackDown since he got drafted there. They're just trying to figure it out right now. Yeah, yeah, they're figuring it out. He's uh, Orlando Jordan. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Are we? Uh, are we getting into this first match? But I mean, we don't really need to get into it. All right, here we I, go. I got one. Wait, wait, wait a second before you ring the bell. I got one more thing to talk about. Just JR King and Coach are on commentary for Raw. Yep. Colin Tags are on the commentary for SmackDown. Which is fantastic. Um, I actually had that in my notes as I, well. I, I enjoyed I'm it. okay with all five of these guys. And this is a very early on coach where he's, oh, he's playing the, uh, the overheel of the commentary team. Yeah. I, you okay. know, I, I, I like it. I, but I'm, you know, if I had my druthers, it would be the heel, Jerry the King Lawler, and Babyface Jr. I mean, that's that that's the epitome, right? That's the best. Yeah, yeah. Early, early heel King, and through the attitude, the early attitude era was uh, was top notch. Yeah, yeah. The puppies King. That's that's what everyone. Puppies wants. King. <laughs> Yes. Um, I think we can go into uh, our first match now. All right. Well, you know, before we go into the first match, I would uh, appreciate if you ring the bell. That's what I was. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Getting to ringing the bell. All right. So the first match of the night will be Chris Benoit is the challenger versus uh, Apollo. I mean Orlando Jordan. You dirty son of a. 
Uh, Chris <sighs> Benoit wins this match in about uh, 13 and a half seconds. Uh, thoughts, gentlemen? I, thoughts? Well, before we get to anything, I think it's safe to say that this is going to be our... Don't buy any unripe bananas here, because yeah. You have to eat them, yeah. Our uh, our unripe bananas award is going to go to this match because it was literally. I have two notes. Orlando Jordan's theme is god awful, awful, <laughs> terrible, and the match was literally one German suplex, cross face, oh, ring the it. bell. That was yeah. that was the entire that's match. Right. You forgot the cheap shot. You forgot the there's a one. I did. Jordan throws one punch, <laughs> one punch, and Chris Benoit says, "Oh yeah, German crossface ring, it's over." And like yeah. I, you can't even—I'm surprised you even had a thought about this match, Warren, because I couldn't form a thought because the match was already over, and Chris Benoit was heading to the locker room with his title. Like it, you blink if you blink, you missed it. I I was at least expecting to see uh, multiple German suplexes, but yeah, maybe uh, a fine we didn't have time something. for multiple German suplexes. One was enough. <laughs> you know who? You know who would have taken? It would have taken more than one German suplex. Apollo Cruz. Bullshit. It would have taken Apollo Crews more than one than more German suplexes than it took for Orlando Jordan. <laughs> so this match, like I said, right bananas all the way. No questions about it. I actually yeah. wrote a couple notes here. Uh, it was a record time match for a U.S. champion match. I believe it was 39 seconds was what I wrote down. It uh, was probably 39 seconds too long. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Uh, I mean, it would honestly, in the grand scope of the pay per view, it was fantastic. So, I, you know, oh, I, have one, I have one more thing I need to add. Uh, I would like to add, actually. I was um, going to ask for the ring the bell, but I'll I'll give you this reprieve. One more thing, just I I'm all for the squash match. I'm all for it. I get why they do it. I'm all for it, but I don't like the squash match starting off the show. Give us Edge and Matt. Give us Edge and Matt first. Let that go. Let that play out. Then come into the title match, squash, and then we go ladder match. Like I like somewhere in the middle, maybe even the second match, squash. I just don't like first match out of the gate, and especially if it's this short, that's like why even have it? Why even do it? I think the one saving grace of that was was the fact that it was a title match. So that bumped it up a little bit to where oh, you can open with the title match and, and, and have it still be a squash. Yeah, I guess. All right, ring the bell. Still, yeah. We talked about this match longer than this match actually was. Oh, agreed. Agreed. All right. So next match on the card, Edge versus Matt Hardy. Oh, man. I... I don't even know where to start with this match. Um, I know where to start. First of all, I love Edge. I love Matt Hardy. I think they're two of the greatest professional wrestlers of our generation. If you don't think Matt Hardy's a fucking genius, then I have no respect for your opinion on <laughs> professional wrestling. I, I honestly don't. Like any look up any like broken Matt Hardy, like any of that stuff is just 
absolutely flawless. Oh, um, yeah. Who doesn't love Broken Matt Hardy? Broken Matt Hardy is great. But to be honest, how good does Lita look when she comes out? <laughs> She's looking real good. She, she looks, looks real good, good right? Like yeah. Lita, Lita, was, Lita was at the peak of her powers right here. Oh, my yeah. Lord. I, I like she came out with Edge and I was just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, they're they're beefing. <laughs> I'd be beefing too. Chris, thoughts on the match? Uh thoughts on the match. Uh great match. I really love it. I really like how they tied in the real life aspect of this affair. And uh WWE uh writers are like, hey guys, I know you're going through some stuff, but can we use this? This is just too good. And they just made a whole feud out of it. Um, I also took this time to explain to Kara that the whole like cheating thing, like this really happened, like they were dating and she cheated on Edge when they were on the road and they like fought in backstage and then they used it in the story. And like in this match, you can see like Matt Hardy is throwing potatoes and I had to explain what a potato was. Basically, we all know this is scripted wrestling. It's, you know, they're fake punches. They're not really trying to kill each other. This match, Matt Hardy was trying to kill Edge. He still had some pent-up feelings. As from he the, should be. Oh, as he should. He most definitely should. Yeah. But there are very clear, raw, hard shots taken. Um, and only one by Edge towards the end of the match. There's a... The final boot to the head. I think that was Edge's one, like, you know, F you to Matt. Like, I get you're mad, but like, get over it. It was a real, it didn't seem like a sold uh, uh, boot to the head. It seemed, it seemed pretty, pretty uh, legit. But uh, as a whole, love this match. Um, The finish left a little bit to be desired, but I'm pretty sure there was another match after this one to like finish out the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there is one more match. So that's why it ended the way it did. But uh, Edge gets a W and uh, I loved it. So before we get to Warren, I just want to say like this entire match made me so uncomfortable. Like I did not realize <laughs> that this was like a legitimate, like real life issue. And until I did a little research, like I watched it and I was like, man, they really seem pissed off at each other. Oh yeah. I think there's like a documentary about it. Yeah. And I looked it up, I was like, Oh shit. Lita really did that shit. So, I mean, you know, she looks like a million dollars, but you can't trust him, man. Anyway, Warren, what do you think? (laughs) Um, so I'm not as much as I was, as high as I was on this match when it happened, um, I was I was very disappointed um, that this feud in general, I thought should have been, it should have came off better. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it seemed rushed or whatever the case. Um, I would agree. So, uh, this... Uh, this was like the very early stages of Edge becoming the rated R superstar. You think he um, Yes. Uh, you you kind of see his, his temperament. The he, he wins the match here, and then the following night on Raw is when... No, that's when he won. No, he didn't do that then. 
No, I'm sorry. He didn't. I was thinking of his doing his live, uh, live sex celebration, but that was after he cashed in the money in the bank. I think it's thinking about Venus. That's that's a little that's a little ways away. Um, but this is early stages of him becoming the rated R superstar. You kind of see them planting the seeds. Um, he won off of a ref stoppage, which I which I thought looked rather like a quick stoppage. Um, I don't know if they stopped it for the blood. I don't know if they stopped it because they looked like he couldn't answer to the ref or whatever. But there are so many other matches where there was so much more blood if that was the reason why it stopped it. JBL and Eddie Guerrero in 2004. Any Ric Flair match from the 1980s. Yeah, Ric Flair loves the Everyone knows that. Even the, even the main event in this. Even the yeah. Main event. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, 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 with, with Hogan, which we'll get to a little later. Um, there was a point in the match with Hogan and Sean where they probably should have stopped it if you're doing the kayfabe sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, if since they stopped the Matt Hardy one, but I digress. Um, Chris, you asked if they did more matches, and I had to look this up because I wasn't sure if they did any more matches. Um, they did a street fight uh, September 29 on Raw. They finished in a no contest. They did a cage match at Unforgiven 2004, where Matt Hardy wins. And they did no unfortunately that's two thousand five sorry, uh, and then uh, they did a ladder match on October third on Raw, where the winner got the money in the bank case and the loser had to leave Raw. Edge gets that, the and that I think was the end of it. That was like yeah. we're done with this. We're moving on. We're getting on with our lives. Edge got the win, kept the money in the bank bank briefcase. Matt Hardy loses, leaves Raw, and heads to SmackDown. Right, and, um, and, and this was all. Thing. This was all done. SummerSlams in August. Uh, his coming back was like over the summer, and now here we are in at Unforgiven, which is uh, the December pay per view. No. The December Bay Review, and it's all over. That's it. Um, I thought it should have been longer. I thought uh, they could have stretched things out a little bit, but you know that's that's what they decided to do. I mean, they could have did this for a lifetime. How how mad would you be if you know you had to show up to work every day seeing the guy that took your real life girlfriend and like now they're working together? Yeah, yeah. you know, super mad. I, I no one. I don't. I think this is universal. No one blames Matt Hardy for being pissed and you know, no, 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 no. you know, taking the shot he took. And uh, you know, you commenting Warren on the how the um you see you thought the match seemed rushed, stopped. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could have been a decision that they made because Matt was not. Play, going by the book, maybe he was taking it. Got you know, they're like Matt. We know you're going to take a couple cheap shots, but like try and like be reasonable. And he wasn't following that, or maybe they just couldn't. I don't know. Maybe there was like a miscommunication on like, listen, I know all we right, have to right, do right, this, but before ring the bell, I wanted to mention there was an old ECW chant for whenever a woman was out there. They were chanting that Lita was a crack whore. I just wanted to throw that out oh, there ring too. The bell now. Nice. So my final thoughts are is <laughs> I think this is actually the most 
ridiculous match that WWE has ever put on. This I, is the most ridiculous match? It is, because it was, there was a real-life affair. They released Matt Hardy, and they are like, okay, come back, but like, we're going to have you lose to the guy that's banging your ex-girlfriend. Ridiculous. This is more ridiculous than comatose Linda McMahon. Well, this. Yeah, I think so. This is more ridiculous than comatose is, Linda McMahon. I think is Ed I, and Matt Hardy I, more ridiculous than our next matchup? I, I'm the host. I'd say this is most, more ridiculous, so we're going to move on. Okay. Wow. All right. <clears throat> so the third yeah, match on the right. card pits Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in a ladder match to determine the custody of Dominic Mysterio. (laughs) Which, saying it out loud, sounds even more ridiculous than... No, it does. No, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Because the custody papers are in a briefcase hanging above a ladder. In the middle of the ring. But I no matter dare, how you phrase it, it doesn't make it make sense. But I dare say that this is the best match of the evening. So I'm going to throw it to I, Warren first. Chris, I'm going to throw it to Warren first. Okay. Thoughts? I, I would have to agree. Um, so I'm comfortable in giving this match the... Uh, the cream of the crop! Cream of the crop award. Um, best match of the night. Tons and tons and tons of of uh, dangerous looking spots with these two. Um, you can literally have a ladder match and hang anything up there. Um, most of the time it was titles. In recent years, it's gone to to briefcases. Um, looking back, the custody papers I probably could have done without. <laughs> um, it just doesn't. It's just something that doesn't uh, really Jive with translate to, to twenty twenty. No. Um, time at the time, even though we thought it was ridiculous, the way we people can always explain wrestling to people that are non wrestling fans is that it's like a soap opera. So you're going to get these crazy storylines from time to time. Uh, a whole bunch of different spots that we could talk about. Um, Ray. Mysterio hit a springboard, seated senton to Eddie Guerrero outside while he was holding the ladder. That looked very dangerous. Um, Eddie had a slight slip on a sunset flip bomb uh, over the ladder where Mysterio just kind of took the bump as it is. But um, Eddie hit his vintage uh, helo senton, which he goes over the top rope, and late Ray was in a ladder sandwich. Um, very brutal match. Yeah. Uh, Back body drop onto the uh, or onto a ladder ramp that Mysterio ran up and and threw uh, Guerrero onto. Guerrero takes probably the best back body drop bump I've ever seen. He seems like he waits so long to kind of get around to his back to where he's like almost going to hit his head on the mat. It's crazy. Um, Dominic had some uh, interference here. There was a spot uh, where Eddie was hanging from the cable trying to get the briefcase after Mysterio moved the ladder. 
And I guess Vicky was supposed to come down then. She was late. So they she muted it. So they muted it on the WWE Network. But if you watched it, uh, like a clip out of it on YouTube with the original airing, him yelling and hitting the mat is him actually yelling and cursing at the, the referee saying, where the F was Vicky? Because she was supposed to run in there. Uh, Rey Mysterio gets the win. And uh, he takes a very unnecessary bump when he got the briefcase. Um, when he could have just came down on the ladder, but he decided, oh, I'm just going to fall on my leg one more time. So, right. that. so um, before we get to Chris, I, I do have a couple notes that I want to make sure I put out there. Actually, I just have one note. Is Dowdick Mysterio looks so sad. Yeah, he, he still has that face even today. I, I had to do the math. He was eight years old for this match. Oh, yeah. He's so sad. Like it, he still looks. It, like make, that. it makes me sad. <laughs> They're showing like uh, like towards the end. It's like look at the smile on Dominic when Ray grabs the grabs the briefcase, and he still just like looks really like he could cry at the drop of a hat. It's just like that's not a smile. Like he looks like he's grimacing. And right. and who was the the social worker that was sitting with him? And never got that person's name. No, I, yeah, you, ne- you never find name. out. Anyhow, she's just the social worker. So, Chris, yeah, thoughts on the match, please. Oh boy, this was this was a great match. Um, I know Warren already gave it the right bananas. Ah. No, cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. I mean, sorry. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah. No, Warren already gave it the cream of the crop. I don't. I don't know. I like. I could want to give it the cream of the crop, but I think I'm my. Cre- I think I have another cream of the crop that I would argue for. But mm-hmm. still, I'm not taking anything away from this match. It was great. Loved all the spots. Um, really worried about that. The one when uh, Warren was referring to when he's you know cursing, he's beating the mat and yelling at the ref. Where is it? where the f is Vicky? Um, that's fall. He landed on his. He landed awkwardly on his leg, and I was really worried. Like, oh, it just pulled out his knee, but he 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 comes back from it. Um, also, uh, there was another spot that I wanted to talk about. I can't remember which one it was, um, but there was uh, there were there were a lot of very very interesting moments. Um, liked all the sunset flips, power. Mm-hmm. There was one, oh, the one where Ray is hanging from the the briefcase and then uh Eddie catches him and power bonds him. That was great. I really liked that. That seemed very cool. Um one thought I had about that, Michael Cole called that move a spine buster. No, oh, right. He kept saying it was no, a spine buster. Um oh the Dominic interference. Oh, was yes. so, uh, so sad. I get, I get he's eight, but you can't shake a ladder when you're eight, man. Like, what is going He's barely touching this thing. Chris, you saw him. He was a small eight. He was a small eight, but I just like, Eddie could have grabbed the briefcase with Dominic. Sh- I could have grabbed the briefcase with Dominic shaking that thing. Like, he wasn't. <laughs> It just looks so sad. Oh my! It's like, what are you doing, man? Warren, can you ring the bell for me? <sighs> ring the bell. Ring the bell. 
the answer I was looking for was the fact that Vicky Guerrero was the reason that Eddie Guerrero lost the match. Neither of you touched on it, so hate to say in my scoring, it's going to be a little low. But <laughs> honestly, this was the match that like kickstarted the whole pay per view. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but like oh, this yeah, was definitely like, this is what wrestling should be, right? Yeah, right. Like. You know, you don't have to take giant bumps all the time, and I know we had a lot of huge bumps in this match, but both guys laid it all out there. Like, Eddie Guerrero was fantastic. Rey Mysterio was fantastic, and I thought the ending was great. You know, I thought bringing Vicky Guerrero in to, like, hold him down while Rey Mysterio reached the briefcase, I just... I love the entire... From top to bottom, I thought the match was flawless. So you talk about uh, this match. This is the match that kicked off the pay-per-view. The first two matches combined went, it looks like, about five, almost six minutes total. And this match went about 20. Oh, yeah. So this was basically the real start of of SummerSlam 2005. Oh, I agree. I, I, I would think so. I mean, do you guys disagree? No, no, I, I agree. I agree. As much as I was into the uh, the Matt Hardy and Edge match, um, the way it ended left a, a sour taste in my mouth. It let the wind out. Myself it let the wind well. out. Yeah. Myself as well. Um, but this got it back. Uh, it was 20 minutes. It was nonstop action. There was the the added drama of the the ancillary pieces with Vicky coming out, Dominic being at ringside. Uh, Eddie plays such a good heel in this. Um, even though he probably he may have even thought that this whole angle was ridiculous, but he just such a good heel with this whole thing. Um, they definitely made it work. All right, Ugh. all right, ring the bell for me one more time, just so we have a good okay. start. <laughs> just to make it official. Yeah, for sure. All right, so match number four. Will be Eugene versus Kurt Angle. This mm-hmm. is the gold medal match because uh, I believe Eugene has stolen the gold medal from Kurt Angle, which is great. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> my only note from this match is that like Eugene's actually a pretty good wrestler. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wrote one line. I was like, Eugene's actually pretty good, question mark. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw it to you, Warren, first. Uh, thoughts? Um, so, to touch on your Eugene's a pretty good wrestler, somebody that is, I don't want to say saddled with that gimmick, but somebody that has a gimmick that is that involved, they have to be a good wrestler. Uh, Eugene was like that. Santino was like that. Santino was an outstanding wrestler. Um but yeah, no, Eugene, top notch. Uh, I, I wish he could have come in to the WWE or at some point transitioned to more of a, a normal character. Um, but I was always, I can't explain why I was always a fan of Eugene. Somebody missed a mark with Kurt Angle's pyro when he was coming out. Oh, yeah. And that was that was a little disheartening. But the crowd, the whole match was 100% behind uh, wrestling machine Kurt 
Kurt Angle was much more uh, vicious than we have ever seen here and was uh, transitioning to just trying to be the best uh, the best wrestler in the world um, and leaving the, the kind of comedy act stuff behind. Um, and Kurt Angle got the win there. I mean, we kind of all expected that for him to get his medal back. And I like the little celebration at the end where he stood on the, I think it was stood on a chair and had the referee put the medal around his neck like he was back at the Olympics. Yeah, no, I like that too. Um, before we get to Chris, I my favorite part was that Eugene took a bunch of finishers from very prominent wrestlers at the time and like that tried to Eugene's like implement them into his own move set. And obviously, it didn't work, but you know. Such as Eugene. Yeah. So Eugene was, was playing it as he was, you know, the world's biggest wrestling fan. So obviously he's gonna break out a Stone Cold Stunner. He's gonna break out a rock bottom. Uh he tried to do a people's elbow up, but I think Kurt Angle uh cut him off there. Um but yeah, no, that's his whole moveset right there. It was all his favorite wrestlers move. Christopher. Yes, Christopher. What do you think about this? Um, I I loved it. I loved everything about this match. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it was a no right bananas, but it was it was quick. But it w- it needed to be quick. We all knew from the get go Kurt Angle was going to win. But I love the Eugene gimmick. I love that he's just like this guy. Maybe he has some sort of learning disability. Maybe he's just a little quirky. I don't know. But he just he loved wrestling so much. And he just goes out there and just does all the new moves he knows. And he's just tossing around stunners and rock bottoms. And he even did a Kurt Angle ankle lock, took the straps off, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think, I I mean, you couldn't do that gimmick today. But no, um, not even. Not but I do love the Eugene gimmick. He's just like, he's just a guy that loves wrestling. And he's just doing what he what he grew up watching, you know. Uh, um, you know, the, I think- and, I think he hit the nail on the head there, though. Is he um, embodies what he sees, and actually, to my personal surprise, he did it fairly well. Oh yeah, he he was great at it. It wasn't um, I don't know what the word like. It wasn't tacky. I guess it was right. the best way to say that. Like he, whatever that note was that like was the key to making Eugene get over with the fans and not seem like weird or gimmicky like he hit that note and like there was no way for anybody to see that coming you know I think when they told him he was going to get this gimmick and it's like it it could have really been a death sentence as far as his you know time in the business but he made it work and he did it very well so shout out to Eugene Really it was weird oh, for with how well he was doing it. And he was clearly the face in this match. Oh, the, crowd didn't, the crowd didn't buy it. They were all about Kurt Angle this whole match. Well, it's, you know, he's an Olympic hero. They're in DC. Yeah, that's the only reason why. Yeah, let's bring the, the, the bell in this match. All right, up next is... Undertaker versus Randy Orton. Um, I mean, what do you... 
what do you say about this? I mean, it's... I love Randy Orton. I love The Undertaker. I thought this was a fucking fantastic match. Much I like agree. most of the, most the pay-per-view. Like, we... We have gotten so many wrestlers that were like in their prime. And I know Undertaker's not really in his prime in 2005, but he's still good enough to like put together a match where he looks like a dominant force. And, you know, Chris, I'm going to give the floor to you first. Um, I, uh, Taker. Oh my goodness, he still got it. He, he, there was the one, the one spot he did his uh, running clothesline, you know, the jumping clothesline off the ropes, and he hit those ropes. He ran those ropes like Daniel Bryan runs ropes oh, in that. Like I wrote, I wrote he, that down as well. Um, I love Randy Orton. I've always loved Randy Orton. You know, he comes out. I love this this theme music. His uh. You know, the, the, you never take what you've done to me. That theme music, I love. That's my favorite <laughs> Randy Orton theme music. He comes out, you know, hits his, he gets in the ring, gets to the turnbuckle, hits his in my moment of glory. pose, and I love it. It's the best. <laughs> and then it gets me real, it gets me just ready for to see Randy do Randy. And, uh, you know, him and Taker, he worked the leg overkill it which you know i love that um Bad you know because he knows he's got to take that leg out so he can't hit the hit the tombstone the reversal tombstones when you thought randy might get one off oh my god chills chills great match. um just a great match um i did not remember this match so when the person came out of the crowd I almost thought like, oh, do we have, you know, do we have Wasted Fan Wednesday? Like, is this, uh, you know, just some random guy? But then the lack of security was like, no, this is gimmick. This is, you know, this is, you know, they're they're doing the, what's the word, Warren? They're doing, not the job. What's the word? It's a work. It's, it's a work, yes. I was like, this is the work, but who is it? And I forgot that this is when uh, Cowboy Bob Orton comes and like he's he, Cowboy he's kind Bob. Of ballet for or manages Randy for a little bit. So, um, and th- that's another thing. Cowboy Bob, I understand Cowboy Bob, Hall of Famer, understand it, but he's not a face that this generation, like in two thousand five. Uh, casual wrestling fan that they would really know. I think they know Randy Orton's dad was a wrestler, but they don't know about Cowboy Bob. They they would have to, the way they would have to market it then was they would have, oh, it's Randy Orton's dad formed for Cowboy Bob Orton. Uh, Not the, the casual person isn't going to know what Cowboy Bob Orton was doing back when he was in his prime. Right. But that's like when they did that big reveal and he takes off the face makeup and it's like, oh, who is it? And it's like, yeah, who is it? Who is this guy? <laughs> so, right. I mean, I know oh, the US knew who it was. I don't think the casual fan had any clue. They're like, oh, that's just another dude in makeup. Yeah. Oh, it, it was a random dude, but now it's another random dude. You know what I mean? And I think <laughs> people in 
in attendance there were also like, oh, they're going to take it off and it's going to be somebody we know. Nope, we were wrong. We still don't know who this guy is. So before we get to Warren's piece on this, I, I would also like to say that there was a segment before this match, which was Vince McMahon in the limousine. Do you guys remember this? <laughs> yeah. The car wash. They're washing yeah, the, the limo. car wash, dude. Like, <laughs> that was the women's match. What? Here, here's my thing. That was the women's like, no I, I, love, I love wrestling. Like, I think it's great. But, like, Vince McMahon is, like, the biggest creeper of all time. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm probably gonna we get just, that. Yeah, but like we just know. watched, like we just watched WrestleMania X Seven. Yeah, do you right. not With remember his match? Right? <laughs> and now he's got like uh, Tori Wilson, Stacy Keebler, some other random young women. They're just like washing his car, and he's just like sitting in the back, like, oh yeah, wash my fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a, a young uh, Maria Canella? Yeah, and then it might have like, been a young. And then he just like winks at it, and it's like, Ugh. yeah. Did Come you see on, the bumper dude. sticker on that was McMahon for president? Oh yeah, him like saying he might run for president. That was great. Yeah, McMahon for president. That's one of my notes. <laughs> so, all right. all right. Anyway, sorry, Warren. Anyway, we no, got fu- Undertaker, Randy Orton. Thoughts on the match? Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the match. Um, this is back to Dead Man Taker after seeing Biker Taker uh, a few years prior, uh, especially WrestleMania X7. And this is also such a young-faced Randy Orton. Um, you look at Randy Orton. Now. Oh, there was never a point in time where Randy Orton wasn't great. He always had that in-ring ability. It just came so natural to him. For him to, it took him a little extra time to kind of find his his quote-unquote voice. Um, the voices. The voices. Yes. Quote-unquote voices. Yes. <laughs> um, but Legend Girl Randy Orton was, was top-notch as well. Um, Undertaker had control early. Orton tried to cut him off, but never really gained momentum. Um, that battling tombstone spot that you mentioned, Chris, was uh was really nice. Um, and then Orton also hit his vintage little neck breaker across his back. Um, the fan assist with Cowboy Bob Orton. Uh, if you aren't aware, uh, Cowboy Bob Orton's tactics. Um, Cowboy Bob Orton used to run with Roddy Piper around the time of WrestleMania one. So this is eighty. Four, I believe, um, maybe eighty-five. Uh, but he broke his arm and had a cast on his arm probably for ten years after he broke his arm, and just used it as a a weapon at his at his convenience. I think he has the cast on in this run when he starts managing with Randy for a little bit. There is a yes, there is a he does end up using it in a match. Maybe it's at this the next uh, common mania or something where he's the manager and he has it on his arm and uses it. <laughs> great, 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 great all around. Um, but the match itself, even in 05, the RKO is out of nowhere uh, where Orton gets the oh, win yeah. there. And the reveal 
I could see where the casual would be kind of like, oh, who's this? Um, once or once I saw Orton standing there in the in the entryway, I kind of figured, oh, that must be Cowboy Bob Orton. Right. I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, wrestling fans would know who that is, but like the casual fan watching a pay-per-view would be like, oh, that's a dude with makeup on. And now I have no idea who that is. And it didn't—it didn't peel very well off of his face. Like it took a lot of—it took a lot of extra effort to even get it off to where you can actually see that it was Cowboy Bob. All right, so I think we should bring the bell in this match. All right, so the next match is Jericho versus Cena. Uh, I mean, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I, got. I would, I, I would dare give this the, the cream of the crop. This was a good match. I really liked it. It was actually you know, a classic. I have, I have one note here. It says Jericho's haircut was stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, my my big note here, like out loud, is. I, I probably stopped watching wrestling in 2003, 2004, somewhere in that, that like range. And then I, I picked it back up pretty recently. So I missed the whole John Cena run, right? Yes. So I always thought that John Cena was a working stiff. Like he... He looked good, like he was like the face of like WWE, but he couldn't wrestle. And this kind of blew the doors off all that. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like John Cena is actually a good performer. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I am. So okay. I'm gonna, just just had to check. I'm gonna open the floor to Warren first. Uh, thoughts on the match? What do you think? Um. So my the first thought that I wrote down, uh, especially during the uh, the video package leading up to the match, where Jericho and Bischoff are hammering home the idea that John Cena is a thug. Oh, the um, and I, yeah, I I guess in two thousand five, a throwback jersey and rapping equals to you being a thug. Mm. Um, well, no countdown for. Let me interject for just uh, a second. It was the Doctor of Thomanomics versus the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll. Yeah. Yeah, that was the yes. Yeah. And I'm all for that. I was very disappointed, like I said, with the no countdown before Jericho comes out. Um, He was also being billed from Mahasset, New York, instead of Canada. Um, I guess... He, they, Jr. said he was born there. Um, that's probably accurate because his dad played hockey for the New York Rangers, so that makes, right. I guess, that makes sense. But it's still weird that he didn't say uh, that he's from Winnipeg or whatever. Um, for some odd reason, I like the WWE Spinner Belt more than John Cena's U.S. Title Spinner Belt. Um, as a whole, I wasn't a fan, but if I had to choose one, I'd definitely take this one. I thought it was a very good match. Um, fans got really into it about quarter to weigh in, and I thought that this match 
had the fans uh, the loudest they had been for the entire pay-per-view, even for the Undertaker-Orton match, even for the Ray and Eddie match. Um, and it was very nice to see the one finisher and done where Cena hit the, the AA back then. It was the, the FU. Um, and just one hit. And it was... It was out of nowhere, and uh, that the match was done. So that was nice to see because we we've gotten into an era now where you're hitting four and five and six finishers, uh, especially once you get down down the card towards towards the the main event, big matches. I would agree. I mean, uh, I I like this match a lot, and I, I I can't really put my finger on why. Other than the fact that, like, we just had two superstars that were super charismatic that you just cared about who won. So, Mm -hmm. with that being said, Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, Great match, start to finish. Um, I, again, like Warren said, I didn't like Jericho's entrance. Um, You know, I really do look forward to the little countdown, even when they do it from, like, even three seconds. You know, we need to count down and we need the total black. Like, that's why you come see Jericho. Like, you want to see that. You want to see the total blackout. You want to see the Titan try and go through the little, you know, tunnel thing. And then the city, and then you want to see him standing there with his arms, you know, spread out and across. You know, you want to see the whole theatrics of it. But this was just like, you know, his music just hit and then he just kind of like walks out and turns around and does it and then goes to like, ah, come on, give us, you know what we want. Give us what we want. Um, but John Cena's entrance. Oh, boy. This was classic. This was classic. John Cena baby. came out, hit it hard. You know, he's got a spinner belt. He's looking good. Um, full head of hair, like a lot of hair. Not about the high and tight look. That was all hair for John Cena. Um, but yeah, I, I I loved every second of this match. Um, you know, come on, Chris Jericho can wrestle any day of the week, anytime, anywhere. Like this is what he does. Uh, John Cena, love him or hate him, he's good, man. He's a lot of energy. All his matches have energy. He whether he's it's at a house show, whether it's a pay per view, whether it's you know a weekly show. Like he, it's the same. He he always has his energy up to a twenty. Like scale of one to ten, he's at even a twenty thirty. Like he's always hot. Like he's always up there. Um, never really disappoint. No five moves of doom. So this was before five moves of doom. Um, and uh, I don't think he did the five knuckle shuffle at all in no, this match. No, he did. Um, but yeah, I I really liked this match. I think it was good. I I again, I'd say I would eat, I would dare give this the, the cream of the crop, cream of the crop, because you Woo! know Cena, Derek, I'd wa- I'd watch him go. I watch him go any day of the week. I like that, Chris. I actually really like that. Um, mostly because I, you know, I. As we had previously discussed, I had never really seen John Cena wrestle. Like, I feel like I missed the entire John Cena, like... Right, and I think this was right before they did the whole, like, oh, John Cena's on the card, he's winning. Like, this, this is, like, right before. Cena, like, he, 
He looks great. Jericho looks great. He looks great. Like, you know, I know Cena won, but, like, I feel like Jericho didn't lose any steam because he lost. Like, he put Mm -hmm. him over very well. I I thought this was a great match. You know, I I don't think it's as good as a Guerrero-Mysterio match, but, I, you know, it's fantastic. This was definitely prime uh, John Cena here. And, I mean, I know he'll go on to do even more things, but the early SmackDown rise through the Dr. Thugonomic Cena was was them. This is like the, the, the thing that they were building, and they finally got it to the point where, okay, now we're going to give this guy the title and, and going to ride this uh, ride this whole thing out. This was definitely uh, definitely prime Cena here. Uh, Jericho, I don't know if Jericho is ever going to get out of his prime. He's always been in his prime. Um, he could have a match against a broomstick if he wanted to. But uh, this was a really, really dynamite match. Really dynamite match. Okay, so let, let's ring the bell in this match. So next on the card is uh, Batista versus JBL. Uh, no holds barred. I do believe that was the stipulation. Am I not mistaken? It was indeed. It uh, was indeed. You know, I don't remember a lot of this match. So I'm going to give the floor to Chris because, uh, yeah. I remember a lot of this match, and I really like this match as well. Um it was Batista. Say what you will about Batista, looking great coming to the ring. Um, you know, Batista has the title, and I love Batista's uh, look. I love his energy. I love everything about him. I love the theme music with it when he comes out and the pyro goes off and he does the the machine gun turret. I love it. I love every second of it. JBL love Bradshaw back when he was in the Acolytes. The JBL um, gimmick. Mm, take it or leave it, but he's still like even with this gimmick, he, he's the still he's the same guy, does the same moves, close line from hell. Can't get enough of it. Um I did like this match. I like the um you know the the no holds bar of it. I would have liked to see um, more destruction, I guess, around the ring. Um, we did get to see Batista do a little uh, tackle through the barricade, which was nice. Um, Spanish announce table surprisingly still standing. And when they showed the Spanish announce table at the top of the the pay per view, I was like, "Oh, this is definitely getting destroyed." And no, so no holds barred, and nothing. It didn't happen, and I was shocked. Um, but uh, the Batista bomb onto the the stairs. Great spot. Loved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just I, – I really enjoy this match. Whew. That's, yeah, that's a lot more than I had to say about this match. So, Warren, how do you feel about this match? So, um, this was my favorite era of JBL. Really? You liked – you liked Man, Man of Money JBL? Uh, 100%. You, you were an APA, I've all, JBL guy? What's, wait, say it one more time. You were an APA, JBL guy? 
Uh, no, I was. I've I've always been a big fan of JBL, even back when he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw when he first came over. Um, always liked his look. Always liked his uh, his work in the ring. Um, but something about this gimmick where he was more. It's really a more true to life gimmick for him because um, JBL is all about the way he portrayed himself as JBL is 100% how he portrays himself in real life. Um, very smart, knows about money, stocks and bonds and all that stuff. Um, can go to have, uh, he did have a spot talking on. Um, different news shows where he's, you know, extremely knowledgeable about stuff. Um, but I just don't know. I don't, I, I like the car. I like the car with the horns on the front. I liked his, uh, the JBL bucks falling from the rafters. Um, the, uh, theme music, everything about it. I liked, uh, liked everything about it. What I wasn't was I just was never a Batista fan, and I don't know why. Boo, boo, boo! This man, I'm with you on that one. Boo, this man. I, I personally like Batista. I don't, I don't know and what it was, person, but I, I do not like him in the WWE yeah. pantheon. I, I I may have had a reason as to why I didn't like Batista back in 2005, but I don't know what it was, and I couldn't think of it now. Um, just never was a fan. Never could figure it out. There was an interesting uh, rest hold spot where JBL was choking Batista with a belt that he took off of the timekeeper. That seemed to go on to for me a little too long. It kind of took the air out of the arena for a second. Right. Um, luckily, uh, Batista hit a Batista bomb, didn't go for the cover initially. Luckily it didn't cost him because then he broke out the, the Batista bomb onto the stairs for the win. Um, the match was very straightforward. I know Chris mentioned there wasn't as much destruction. They did a little outside stuff before they got to the ring. Once they got to the ring, they kind of were just there until JBL went outside to get the the stairs and bring that in the ring. Um, but it was a good match. Um, and it was, like I said, pretty straightforward. Got right to the point. And, um, and Batista walks out as, uh, as champion. All right. Ring the bell. I've been waiting to talk about this match the entire podcast. I know. I know you have. All right. So, the main event, match number Ocho, Hollywood or Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan versus the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, HBK, whatever you want to call him. The legend versus the icon. A match that's been built for oof, 25 years before it was ever actually. They've never, before this match, they never faced each other. By the time, drop a bomb on that one. By the time Hogan was leaving in the early 90s, Shawn Michaels was just coming up as the singles star 
after breaking up with Marty Jannetty. He was the bad Actually, guy, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Then he went through the you know the Jose Lothario uh, stuff right before he beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12, 11, something in there. Um, so, yeah, they, ju- they just missed each other time-wise. Um, the super kick after they had the tag match on Raw that kick-started the whole thing was a very shocking moment. I think HBK's promos leading up to this match were some of his best work. This is when he did the Larry King. Actually, that Larry King uh, mock interview, which I had to go back and look that up on YouTube today, and it is still hilarious to this day. Um, If anybody's ever going to mock Hulk Hogan, um, that's exactly how they would do it with all the brothers and the flexing and uh, really blurring the lines talking about how Hogan can be a questionable guy backstage when he's on camera uh, trying to play the the uber good guy. Um, Sean didn't waste any time uh, getting to uh, burying Hogan where he's doing the shovel motion as Hogan's coming out. Um, and it was very ambitious for Hogan to start wrestling with the bandana on uh, until, you know, Shawn Michaels stumbles out of the ring uh, doing his overselling stuff, and then he throws it at him. Um, this so, is where we were talking about. Bef- go ahead, before go ahead, we uh, get like super into this, which I'm sure we will, yeah. uh, I have a few points I want to make. First, the first okay. point is. And I'm sure you guys are both aware of this, but you know this was originally supposed to be a babyface versus babyface kind of match, right? Yes. Like that was Sean's like original intention was this should be like the icon versus the legend. Like this is we're both baby faces on top of the industry and we're gonna battle it out. And they wanted to get a number of matches out of this, too, out of this feud. It was originally supposed to be a two out of three. Now, what happened is, you know, Hogan wins a match. Sean cuts this, like, scathing promo on Monday Night Raw, which completely shuts down the entire thing. And, you know, Hulk Hogan's doing... What was the name of this reality show? It was like Hogan Knows Best or whatever. It was like him and Nick. And Hogan Knows And he was like, I don't, and Linda. I don't need this shit. Like, I don't got to do with this. Like, I'm not going to do it. So. My thoughts are. Is this. This was a fantastic match. It was. It lived up to the hype for me. But in the same sense, it didn't live up to the fact that like it could have been a two out of three. It could have been a one-on-one with Sean. And then the next WrestleMania could have been a one-on-one with Stone Cold. So I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities here. And Chris, I want to hear your thoughts on the match first. Warren, I know you have a lot of thoughts, and we'll get to you. A lot of thoughts. But... 
Chris, um, please. So my, my thoughts on the match. Uh, I love the fact that this match is just, I mean, however long the match is, what was it? It was like 38 minutes, 30, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something 38 like 38 minutes. minutes. So it's basically a 38 minute temper tantrum from Shawn Michaels. Because <laughs> Shawn Michaels, like, he, I guess he was told, hey, you're going to do the job and Hogan's going to get the W. What? No. Like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm the heartbreak kid. Yeah. I'm a heartbreak kid. I'm still, like, pretty much in my prime. Like, there's no way I lose the whole thing. I'm a Hogan. sexy like, boy, obviously. He's yeah. like, I should go over. There's no way. There's on. There's no way he beats me on in any fantasy or whatever. They're like, nope, he's Hulk Hogan. We're in D.C. You're going to do the job. And Sean, just like, you want me to do the job? All right, I'll do the job. And he goes out there and just oversell, oversell, oversell. I mean, my favorite is he takes... The kick on the ropes. We have to talk about the kick on the rope. Kick on the rope, goes over, falls halfway up the, 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 the ramp. You know, getting caught in the wires and all that stuff. And then there's one where he takes a shoulder bump and, like, you know, does the, the, the back roll up and then falls through the bottom rope. Like, can't keep his feet under. Oh, my God. It's so... So I have that on here. Oh, it literally yes. all caps. Strongest shoulder block ever. So, oh, yeah. Good. It's so good. And, like, I think, you know, the match is still great. Hogan gets some color, um, bleeding profusely. Uh, oh, quoted super the early, super yeah. early. Kara, Kara, Kara quote of the match. Um, Kara says, "I am really concerned about the biohazard safety of Hogan's blood if it's not if it's not fake blood." And, you know, then we have to go into well, this is how they blade. This is how he's bleeding. This is like when it probably happened. And like the technique of like hiding the razor blade in the wrist tape, and like they take right. the bump, and go to the outside, and Kara did not like Kara does does not approve of the use of blading in in wrestling matches. Well, I mean, he, he Rick Flair did super. Oh, yeah. he, he went deep. Um, but uh, there was another. <laughs> what was the uh, Hogan selling that chair shot? Which I think is a. Uh, I don't think a, a lot of guys these days or in that time, don't sell like this. There's one person who sells like Hogan sold the chair shot, and that's Devon. And it's that they get hit, and it's like they do the little seizure. Seizure? Yeah. Oh, I mean, with Devon the leg kick and everything? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hogan, Hogan does it real good. Like, you think, oh, I think he's – I don't think this is a sell. I think he's really <laughs> – he's stroking out, guys. But, uh, I mean, Devon does it. Devon does it with such a cartoonish fashion. It's like, oh yeah, this is definitely a sell. <laughs> he does like the little butt hop, but uh, that was good. And um, there was a kick out right after that where Hogan presses Sean off of him, like you know, Sean like over exaggerates and goes like five feet in the air <laughs> and then starts you know flailing around on the ground because he can't believe Hogan kicked out, but. I just I love this match for that reason. That is oh, just yeah. it's absolutely f to, to to the writers and to the management. I think the appeal of this match is the fact that it's so ridiculous, right? Oh, it's so it's crazy, yeah. Like 
the, none of it should have ever happened. You know, they, they, we should have never gotten a Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam, but we did. And it's... I liken it to, like, Batman Returns. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Batman Returns, but... Of course you've seen Batman Returns. It, it, it's like... It, Batman Returns is the second one with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's campy. It's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it's fantastic. And everyone loves yeah. it. And this is, like, kind of what, like, Hogan versus Shawn Michaels is. Like, it's not a good wrestling match. It's not. But it's awesome. Because it's yeah, everything it's you ever wanted weird. as a kid. And Hogan has had a good, quote-unquote, wrestling match ever, almost. Like I know of one match where he actually wrestled and did wrestling holds. It was because he had to because he was fighting the Great Muda in Japan, and the the Japanese audience was not going to go for his usual nonsense. I've seen clips of that match, and I like couldn't believe it was Hogan. I was like, like he, he's doing he's doing hip tosses and neck scissors and and uh, rest holds and all the stuff that he's never done in the states. Right, you watch never, it, and you're like, he this never is- had to. That's the thing. True. No, that's it, true too. Like, he's just he's Hulk Hogan. Like you know, you get you give an atomic elbow, you throw someone off the ropes, you hit him with the clothesline, you give him the the leg drop, and that's you know they're dead. That's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. So with that being said, Warren, what are your thoughts on the match? Um, so I like like I said, this was the the match I was looking forward to watching the most. Um, I think both competitors uh played a part in the uh shortness of this in the you know how I don't I don't think Sean was innocent in this with being upset with how Hogan handled himself in the back. I don't think Hogan was innocent in this with how Shawn Michaels carried himself on television during the match and that following following night promo, which kind of ended everything. Right. Um, they both played a big part in it. Egos and, and whatnot were were huge then. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily just put it on on Sean uh, as you guys were saying. Uh, I think Hogan played a major part in it, too. There was a, a lot of truth to what Sean was saying uh, with Hogan politicking in the back. And according to Sean, all of these things that were being said is, is they were getting more and more personal where they were talking about how Hogan was off camera, bringing up the the reality show with his uh, with his family on it. All of the stuff was run through Hogan before he went out and said it. And Hogan was all, oh, it's good with me, brother. And then all of a sudden, he gets <laughs> butthurt. Oh, and then he gets with, uh, with what he says on after the match or uh, on the Raw after, after SummerSlam. So uh, who knows? Um, we mentioned this before with, during the Matt Hardy match with the stoppage. In a kayfabe sense, uh, Hogan bleeding this much and being in the sleeper hold, the ref should have called the match. 
Um, they shouldn't have gone to the raise his arms three times and give the Hogan finger wave and all that stuff. Um, then there's a spot where Hogan or HBK misses his elbow drop off the top. Hogan rolls out the way and wakes up and does the personification of nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> where he wipes his face, he wipes his face looking at his hands and all this stuff. Uh, there was a back to back refs bump spot uh, where two refs get knocked out. That was unnecessary. Um, and then once uh, Hogan power kicked out uh, of Shawn Michaels' pin attempt and started to hulk up, that was just the beginning of Shawn Michaels. You knew that was uh, that was good night and good luck after that. But good match. Um, I, I enjoy the the overselling throughout the whole thing. Uh, if Shawn wanted to be a, a petulant child with that, by all means, go right ahead. Uh, I'll I'll love the match uh, to this day for that as well. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I loved every second of it. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I know it's ridiculous, but I still love it. So, so this so, brings yeah. us to the end of the pay per view. We've, we've talked about every single match. Um, Should we ring the bell one more time? You can ring the bell. Ring it. So we're going to score it on a number of one to five Ric Flair woos. Uh, I will go first since I'm the host. We went with WrestleMania X7 last week. I gave it three out of five woos. I'm going to give this one five out of five woos. That's a lot of woos. Crazy. I, I absolutely loved this pay per view. Like, I loved every match that we saw. No, no, I, I totally get it. I love the pay per view too. I'm not giving it more than more woos than well, WrestleMania. Don't, 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 throw, don't tell the audience your woos before you give them out. I didn't, I didn't say how many. I just. There was not a match on this car that I didn't like. And I was so excited to see. I agree. I agree with Pilch. 100%. Hogan versus HPK at the end. And every match up to it was like, all right, this match is great. But like, I'm going to see Shaw versus Hogan. And it's going to even be even better. And in my opinion, it lived up to the hype. Like, I loved every second of it. It's, yeah, I agree with Phil. I'm, I'm going five, five out of five. So uh, before Chris gives his uh, woos, Chris, how many woos are you going to give this one? I'm going with you, man. Five out of five. Five, five out of five. I thought up top to bottom, this was a great pay-per-view. Never a lull. Um, even the squash match, which was the lull, like was right. pretty exciting. Benoit did two moves and was over. That was crazy. But it was you know, at the beginning. Just, yeah, right at the beginning. You're right. And it, there's just no, I don't know, what 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 was the, you tell me what the bad match was. Because I don't, I honestly don't see one. There, were, really there wasn't one it. on the card. It, it was a fantastic pay-per-view. So there's no way you can't give this five out of five. Like, and maybe WrestleMania X7, maybe that was its Achilles heel. It was too.
too long. This was their, you know, the I think it was like the first time they did one that long, maybe, and they just couldn't. Yeah. They thought they could fill that time properly, right. and they it, it mis uh, they mismanaged it, and it fell short. This was the perfect. They they knew what they had. They knew what they had to do. They got in. They did their job. They got out. All the matches hit. I I don't see a missed note throughout the entire thing. I don't. All right, Warren, what do you think? Give it a woo. I don't. I don't even know where to go after. Go five. You got to. It's no. It's just not five. I gave WrestleMania X seven four. I believe four out of five. I didn't do five out of five. I gave it a three. For you gave it a yeah. What, I'm I'm not as high. I love the pay per view. Not as high as you guys are on the pay per view. So I'm going to do. We're going to enter decimals in. Is this going to be a three point nine woos out of five? I can't believe that. I can't believe you would do that. I can't believe. It. I can't. I just can't bring myself. If anything, I would have did tied, but we're not going to do tied. I'm not putting it over WrestleMania X7. Um, my only hiccup with this whole thing would be I could have done without Orlando Jordan on the pay-per-view, period. Oh, Just, he, was there. he was there for less than like 20 seconds. Like he wasn't. That was, and that was he, he was part of a squash match, though. Long. Right. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Chris, you expressed you'd rather not have those kind of squash matches on a pay-per-view. I would rather not have them starting it. I'm okay with the squash match. What I was saying is that I would have rather had Matt and Edge started off, mm-hmm. then squash match, then ladder match. I would have just bumped them. Yeah. Give us a little buffer. Between I, I agree with Chris. Or even put it later and give it the buffer after the ladder match because the ladder match was so exciting. You got to get a little cool down before you go into the next match. Mm-hmm. I'm saying don't make the squash right at the top. Because it's like, because then it's like, why even have it if you're gonna just like, it's like it didn't even happen. But you yeah. have it in in the fold where it's like, oh, this is the squash match, so it was like, so we could come down from this crazy match and then go into this next crazy match. You know what I mean? I do. Use the they use the Eugene Angle match as the buffer, which which yeah, was a squash yeah. match because Eugene looked good in that match. Right, exactly. The the Eugene and Angle match, they, they both got their stuff in, and um, they told a good story, and uh, they got to the eventual uh, correct winner. Um, right. But I wouldn't say I I wouldn't even I, they wanted to use that as the buffer, and I wouldn't even classify that as a buffer. I think that was a, it was still a good match, and that was just a testament to Eugene being able to pull his ass off. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking with my 3.9 out of 5 uh, for this pay-per-view. Edge and Matt Hardy, ladder match, um, Taker Orton. Uh, Cena Jericho was a really good match, too. Um, Hogan Shawn, obviously a favorite of mine, maybe even more for the meme of it, just the overselling portion of it. Um, but, yeah, 3.9. You guys are ridiculous. 
Uh, and we'll we'll see what happens next week when we get into whatever pay-per-view we're going to be watching. Hopefully you keep your ridiculous takes to yourself. I, ref- I will not keep my ridiculous takes to myself. They are not ridiculous. They are well thought out and meaningful. Um, I, I agree with you're you. just, I think you just, you, you want WrestleMania X seven to be the best WrestleMania. And it's not, it's not. And we'll, we'll, there may come a point where I rate something higher than WrestleMania X seven, yeah, but for right now it should have been bar was, the bar was set pretty high with our first, first pay-per-view episode with WrestleMania X seven. Warren, can you ring the bell? I can ring the bell. <clears throat> so we can all agree that WrestleMania X7 was not that good. Yes. That's not the case, but okay. It was long, but it wasn't you can't say it was it was bad or it was not good. It was bad. I'm just saying the same. I didn't was say it was bad that. either. So the the big issue we have at hand here in I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, honestly. Is we had eight matches on the card. Is that not correct? It was eight. Yeah, yes, eight matches. So I have a score of four to four. <laughs> okay. I got a tie ball game right here. So how are we going to... We, we haven't discussed this at all. This is going off the cuff. How are we going to decide who wins the night? I think the fact that both of you rated the pay-per-view a five out of five, which is ridiculous. I love me. If honestly, if you sat me in a, in a chair in a room and you said, Hey, Pilch. And I was like, what's up? You got to watch SummerSlam 2005 for the rest of your life. I'd be like, okay, I'm in. This is your punishment. Done. Got it. All in. I, you, it's, you guys are making it seem like I, I'm saying that I hate the pay-per-view. It's not that I hate the pay-per-view. I love the pay-per-view. But you guys are so high with your rating of it that I have to be the voice of reason and just reel you back down to uh, reality. Warren, when, when it, there's, not, right. there's not a match on the card that isn't great. I, I I agree with you outside of Orlando Jordan. Yeah, but Orlando Jordan got squashed. Like that's the great point. Yeah. Is like he sucks. And they, they made it a point to make sure he sucks. Right. They did exactly what they needed to do right. with him. He's that bad where he doesn't deserve to have a ten minute match. Right. Like he they gave they, him a ninety second match and it was over. As you should with Orlando Jordan. Like yeah. right. And I don't yeah. know why I'm arguing because I'm the host and it's you and Chris <laughs> four and four tie. So you guys tell yeah. me <clears throat> what you think you should do to determine who wins. Hmm. That's a very good question. I think the only way to solve this to flip a coin, flip a coin, a oh. coin flip, huh? Does anyone have a coin? No. No, <laughs> no not I was having a coin. 
No one has a coin. Okay. Well, I guess that can't work then. This isn't the fifties. Nobody's just carrying around a pocket full of nickels. Like that doesn't happen. Could be, could have been laundry day. Okay. All right. So I'm going to ask a trivia question. Whoever gets it right wins the pay-per-view. How about that? What? Oh, okay. I'm good with that. Chris? All right, I guess. In the main event of the 1993 Halloween Havoc pay-per-view, who was the victor? (laughs) I'm just going to hit the button now. Do we have have people to choose from? Sure. Or do we just have to like say who? I have no idea what the main yeah, event was. You have no I, idea who was in the main event. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. Really? Well, I mean, there's only two yeah. choices, which is part of the problem. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, so like, as soon as you say it, it's going to give it away. Is that it? All right. So the main event was Cactus Jack versus Big Bad Vader. Uh, do I remember? I don't remember. Probably Vader, Warren. I don't. I don't know the answer. Krilch has the answer. Right. I know. No, I, I said. Know. I, I know said I have the answer. answer. That's why I'm not saying anything. Right. I said Vader. Oh. Just, oh. So I thought you were going to say what the answer if he got it right or wrong. Am I going to just get no, the same question? Yeah. No. Yeah. Also, have to guess as to who won. Oh, my guess would have been Vader as well. Well, it's obviously Vader. So. <laughs> so do another question. Uh, <laughs> now he's gotta find a new question. <laughs> I don't know who was the I had no idea they were the main event at Halloween. 93, we admittedly probably weren't watching a whole bunch of WCW in 1993. Yeah. I mean, who was? Uh, somebody that wasn't in the Northeast. Yeah. Halloween Havoc 1989, which was the inaugural oh Halloween Havoc. Okay. All right. What do we got? <clears throat> the main event was Ric Flair and Sting versus Terry Funk in the Great Muta. Who won? Oh, I'm going to go with Ric Flair and Sting. Yeah, Ric Flair and Sting. <laughs> like it's like oh WCW's like biggest stars against these like random people. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's not a yeah. Can't say the great Muda and Terry Funk are random people. Just hold on. I understand what you're saying, but think about who they're facing. No, I mean the answer to the question was 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 pretty straightforward, but to say that those two legends are random people is a little uh what? I'm just saying Okay, all right, I think you're you're okay, understanding right. random people. Last I mean question. more like right. random team like great movie and the bell. Like, there you go. Right. Last question. Okay. Who was the first ever ECW heavyweight champion? 
first ever ECW heavyweight champion. Like actual ECW heavyweight champion? Because they weren't they the um not TNA, but the first uh, one was in April of nineteen ninety-two. Are you counting when they were the NWA champion? No, they weren't that was a different they were when they you're talking about extreme championship wrestling, not when they were Eastern Championship Wrestling. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the answer. Warren knows the answer. I I don't know the answer. I, I I'm gonna guess it was the franchise Shane Douglas. No. It is the franchise. It is the franchise. <laughs> I did get it. Oh man. According to Google, it's the inaugural champion was Jimmy the Superfly Snooker. So, okay, so that's what I asked. When it was Eastern Championship Wrestling, yes, that was uh, the champion. It was Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Shane Douglas wins that championship, throws it down, and proclaims himself the new Extreme Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. <sighs> this is the worst. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Last That's question. This great. Who wins the podcast? Stupid idiot. <laughs> Who is my favorite yeah. wrestler of all time? Goldust. Warren? All time? Yeah. Christian. No, it's Goldust. Chris wins. <laughs> You're like one of my best friends. How do, you don't think I'm gonna know? I that? love the best. Okay. So that's fine, Chris. You're picking a Bay Review. <laughs> any, uh, any thoughts? Last words for that on you uh, winning the trivia debacle? Uh, that was an ordeal. Um, <laughs> it was a lot harder than it should have been. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean. Warren is like our wrestling encyclopedia, you know, and I mean, I know stuff too. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to mid or late eighties, early nineties WCW, but I can yeah. speak to some ECW. It's kind of <laughs> right. Warren, ring the bell, please. Ring the bell. All right, so the first ever champion of the second inaugural podcast, Triple R, is Christopher Lee. He will be picking the hey, pay-per-view next week. So we will see you on Wednesday. It'll be our first pre-show. He will discuss the pay-per-view that we're going to discuss on Sunday. And we'll also discuss topics of wrestling lore therein and therefore. So... Uh, I don't really have much to say besides that. So, Warren, uh, take us away. So, uh, you can find us on uh, IG. I believe it is. I always got to. I got to write this down and try to be a true podcast person. It was is Triple R Pod on IG. Um, Email. We do have an email. It is the real triple R podcast at gmail.com. Sure, yeah. Um 
<laughs> reach out to us on either uh, platform. We are working on a uh, getting a site up and running. Um, probably by the time that this drops, we'll have that going. That'll be uh, triplerpodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, the triple R podcast.com will be our website. The triple R Right. Go visit the website. Listen to all our episodes. Drop us a line on IG or uh, email. Uh, Chris, any early uh, thoughts on what pay per view you're going to be picking? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not sure. Um, will it be late 80s, early 90s WCW? Please, please. No, it's not going to be Dying for some, some NWA WCW. It's not going to be that. No, no. Okay. You, know, you know, Phil's uh, on some old school, like, Southern wrestling. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to their, uh, we'll so get there. You're not really a Texan. <laughs> if he was a Texan. Then we'd be watching some uh, world class championship wrestling with the Von Ericks and the Freebirds. Oh, God. Oh, dude, that's Ericks. what I want. That's all I dream about. Um, actually, I do have a thought. It's probably uh, it's probably going to be a Royal Rumble. I don't know. I have some, I have many thoughts about the Royal Rumbles, but we'll hold that for our, we'll talk about that for our next pre show uh, coming on Wednesday. When we reconvene and uh, we'll talk about some wrestling. We'll talk about uh, early thoughts for the pay-per-view. Uh, Pilch, thank you very much for hosting. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Chris. No, <laughs> here you go with this thing. Uh, Chris, thank you for being here. Uh, producer extraordinaire. Yeah, no problem. All right. And we will uh, we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. <laughs>